are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. And now, bringing you the latest in science fiction movies and television shows. Here are your hosts. They're long and fucked. This is a capital. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. Welcome to Sci-Fi Diner Conversations. This is episode 59. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. Hello, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And we are serving up all sorts of spoilers tonight. That is right. It's going to be a good show of spoilers and much, much more. We're, we're Scott and I, and you, our listeners, uh, talk about what we're watching and seeing, and um, we're not afraid to give away the end of it. We are not, and that is... Certainly the case. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about um, what's going on in your world as far as science fiction goes. We mentioned this in the other show, but you know we've had it. We've had we have um, Falling Skies, which is primarily the only TV show that's out there. Mm-hmm. And have you seen anything in the theaters at all? No, I haven't. Um, I'm debating whether to see Spider-Man theaters. Um, Come I'm, on, do it. Do it. <laughs> Just um, once won't hurt. <laughs> so I, I don't know if I can drag, you know, we talked about this earlier. I mean, maybe you and I go see, I don't know if I can drag the wife to see it or not, but, um, um, but I, come on, I, Andrew Garfield, he's hot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, what? another no. thing, he's British also. So, um, you know, all the, all the British actors are taking all the, you know, American speaking parts. What, what's yeah. up with that? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, just because Damn they, the Brits. Sorry, I mean, Colin. just because they can act. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, th- those are some very convincing American mm-hmm. accents you, you're all giving. I know. I know. It's, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, my, and Doctor Who, I mean, come on. Oh, wait, that is a British show. Right. Counts, and so. by Brit. Um, but uh, no, I haven't been in the theaters in a while. Um, I'm. We'll talk about this more, but I, I'm enjoy, I am really enjoying Falling Skies. Yep. Uh, so glad it's back, and looking forward to uh, Warehouse 13 coming out in, in a few weeks. And Alphas, Alphas mm-hmm. is coming, right? Yeah, so uh, and yep. reading, you know, reading some Star Trek novels and uh, you know, audio books. And- I got some information for you on Star Trek. Oh yeah, yeah, in a little bit. I'm oh, very good to you yet. But um, just why? By the way, just wanted to think. Daniel S. for helping sponsor this episode of Sci-Fi Diner Conversations. So thank you for your contributions into our tip jar on the Sci-Fi Diner podcast page. Um, by the way, we mentioned this on the other show in our in our, in our other in our other show. We mentioned this in the uh, in the regular episode that we have a podcast app, Miles. So if you own an Android phone, you can go to the Amazon App Store and type in Sci-Fi Diner. Our Sci-Fi Diner podcast, Sci-Fi Diner will do it, and mm-hmm. it'll pop up the app, and you can purchase it for your Android device. You can also do it through iTunes, and the best way to do it through iTunes is to actually go to our Sci-Fi Diner podcast.com site and find instructions on how to get that application free on your iPhone. But then you do have to pay for the Sci-Fi Diner portion of it. Okay. But it's another way you can help support the podcast. Yeah, really. I mean, we have a site. We, 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 we have an app now. I mean, that's exciting. That is. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's great. Lipson's mm-hmm. great. Thank mm-hmm. you so much, Lipson. We love you. Um, but yeah, so that's that. In Miles, in my sci-fi world, it's Falling Skies, Tron Uprising, which I don't know. We aren't really going to talk about it. So should I talk about it here? 
Go ahead and talk about it. I'm going to talk about it here. You, 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 you seem very excited. I'm excited about it. My son, my mm-hmm. five-year-old son, is excited about it. So here's the deal. Tron Uprising takes place after the second movie okay. or the most recent movie, right? Right. Uh, where when we last see Tron, he is falling into the abyss of the waters, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of broken and we don't know what's happened to him. Mm-hmm. But he is alive, of course. He is alive, and you don't know that, but, of course, Bruce Boxleitner, the guy that played Tron, mm-hmm. is voicing Tron, of course. He's done all the voices of Tron, I think, in the video game incarnations and mm-hmm. everything that's come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have his apprentice. And so I described this – I believe it was on Facebook. I described this as being kind of a Batman Beyond story oh, good. because you have the – you have whoops you – have, you have Bruce Wayne, right, who's kind of nurturing the young Batman, mm-hmm. right? Well, here you have Tron nurturing Beck who is his – who is his kind of protege, voiced by Elijah Wood, Frodo Baggins himself, mm-hmm. right? Who's who's kind of taken on the idea of leading the new rebellion mm-hmm. against Clue and actually um, Clue's apprentice, um, who I forget the name of right now, but is voiced by Lance Hendrickson, who of course did the voice of uh, the robot in, in Aliens mm-hmm. and then uh, voiced the cop in Terminator and mm-hmm. was in Millennium and many other shows as well. So some great voice acting talent kind of framing it out. Lance Riddick makes an appearance in episode, I think it is three and four maybe. Um, Riddick the, being from uh, Fringe. Yeah, from Fringe. Agent Broyles from Fringe. So it was great to kind of hear his voice in right. there. And uh, other voice actors as well that are just slipping my mind. I really should look it up, and I'm not going to right now. But the storyline is interesting because it's, it's dealing with how do we deal with this uprising? And there's people who don't know whether to de- to to trust Tron. Most people think Tron's dead, even though he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and people are sacrificing themselves and um, de- being derezzed. And so it's kind of an interesting storyline. I'm buying an iTunes. It's well worth the money I'm spending on it, mm-hmm. and it looks really good on my new, on my new TV. Oh yeah. So, and uh, my son, best yet, I'm able to watch it. It's put out by Disney XD, and my son's able to watch it with me. It's clean and it's fun, and I'm just sorry that we probably won't get any more than the ten episodes I think they're slated to release because it's not doing real well. Yeah, it's too bad. But uh, it's well worth the watch, and if you get a chance, watch it. Watch mm-hmm. it. Um, and it, they have that. They have the. Um, oh, who did Daft Punk did the music for it? Has a very Daft Punk feel to the music. Mm-hmm. They use some of the original music, of course, being Disney. They can do it. I don't know if Daft Punk wrote any additional music for it, but uh, the music for Tron is iconic too. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's great. It's great. So very good. So that's uh, probably the biggest thing in my sci-fi world that I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did begin watching Transformers Three, as I mentioned before. I'm enjoying it. Not through it yet. Uh, and I am, uh, I think that's about it. That's mm-hmm. all as far as news goes. So, yeah. Sure. So that's it. Well, here's, let's talk about what some of you guys are talking about. And Lee wrote this and I wanted to address this right off the bat. And you can read the second one cause it's to you, mm-hmm. but Lee wrote in our Kate Verna interview, uh, I, we're switching services. Let me back up. Uh, we're switching hosting services because we're doing that. Um, it means that we're switching the way players are embedded on their website. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and me, Miles, uh, when we get a podcast, we download it to our iPhone or our iPod and we listen to it that way. Right. But a lot of people st- – people, people hit our episodes 
many different ways. YouTube, sure. people go to the website and listen to it actually in the browser, which is what Lee does. And so when in the Kate Vernon interview, the browser didn't, the, the, the player did not appear, this was kind of alarming because it meant many had to find it elsewhere if you really would have listened to it. Mm-hmm. And I do apologize for that. That was my oversight. I thought I had pasted the, uh, the, the, the player into it and I didn't. It's a different, it's just a different program. Okay. So I do apologize that, uh, apologize for that. And for those of you that do not prefer to download the episodes, I'm doing a better job of checking to see that they are in there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we just sorry, sorry about that, Lee. Just can't assume you, everybody uses iTunes. No, no, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I do. I, I found this with my mother. I'm kind of putting a, a new computer system in a, uh, in my, in my wife's uh, nonprofit headquarters right now. My mm-hmm. mother's working for, and so I, I, I just transferred files into a new computer. And said, oh, well, this is the way you do it. Well, well it looks different, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It feels different, so it's a challenge. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, Lee went on to uh, write some more. Miles, why don't you sure, take Lee this? writes in. Uh, Miles, a great interview with Peter David. I was wondering as well why I have uh, not seen a Star Trek book from him too. But I just heard at the uh, water cooler that he is now writing a new Star Trek book and is going to be part of the Typhon Pack series. Well, that's interesting. I hope that this. I hope that this is right as well. I love all his work in the Star Trek world. I'm not sure about his other work, but one day I may be reading some of it. Dayton Ward, Peter David, David Mack are all my favorite writers for Star Trek. I'd love one day to meet them all. And uh, uh, Lee, uh, you're right. Uh, fantastic authors. Lee, I don't know if you ever make it to a shore leave convention um, or even a far point convention. Um, yeah. Both those conventions attract a lot of those writers. Uh, probably sure leave more than uh, any of them, but um, I would think so because pocketbooks is huge representation there. Yeah, if you can make it to a shore leave con, really good chance on a, on the Friday night, the, the opening of the con, they have a uh, meet the authors. And yeah, so, meet the pros, right? Meet the pros, and so yeah. if you could do that, you, uh, you'd really enjoy that. So, what do you think about this uh, Typhon Pack series? I'm really enjoying it. I've um, read the latest one, the series. Uh, it's it's not one set of crew from one series. It's, it's Kind of a mixture, you know. It, it, it deals with a lot of them. So, in one chapter, you're reading Picard and his crew in the Enterprise, and in one um, chapter, you might be reading about, you know, spoiler alert. I mean, in, this, in the novel series, Cisco has come back from the Prophets, and he's been giving, he's given a, a new ship. He's commanded there. Of the, he's he's captaining the USS Robinson. What he disappears at the end of season seven? Well. <laughs> it, 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 this is the, you know this is those are conversations where we spoil right, right we spoil or spoil yes so, and it but, was spoiled for me right now I'm not so, watching the rest of Deep Space now. so okay. he comes back uh, but uh, so you, you, what, what's going on with him um, and so are these collections of short stories then they're no they're, it would not be fair to call it that because it's it, it's doing, they are tied in they're they're very tied in it's just each one might be doing something a little different or or doing something together and so. Um, so it's a lot of lot, lot of characters you know and love from the Star Trek series and and, and the type. And maybe of that's backstories. one of the things that's inviting about these tales is you know these characters already. You know them and and you get to see you see a lot of them. So yeah. Um, yeah. enjoying them a lot. Very good. Mm-hmm. Hearn wrote in and said, "For my four four forty nine forty nine thousandth ninety nine. How what is this for his four forty nine thousand nine hundred ninety ninth tweet? Yes, he'd like to say, listen to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast." Also, visit Lifestyle Pod Network, which we are part of, for more great podcasts. Paid tweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not with a slipped him a 20. 
No, I didn't. But, <laughs> but, uh, thanks, Hearn, for, uh, kind of using us here on your tweet and his, fi- his 50,000th tweet was enlightening. No, well, well, thanks, Hearn. I haven't tweeted that much. No, I, I don't know how many tweets I, I've tweeted. Uh, I, I'm about, I'm at five, six, seven thousand. I have a lot. But, oh, okay. But not, I'm... not 50. So, uh, good yep. for you, Hearn, for getting get yep. that many tweets. Yep. Uh, and what did X Force Eleven have to say, Miles? Uh, listen to um, this Sci-Fi is Jeff. Diner. By the way, this is Jeff. Listen to Sci-Fi Diner's interview with of Katie Sackoff. It got him into a Battlestar Galactica mood, and and so he, he's listening to Bear, Bear McCreary soundtracks. And um, good for you, Bear McCreary is uh, you know a brilliant musician and has. A he's one of the reasons music. I watched Battlestar Galactica. I love the soundtracks for that. Mm-hmm. I wish I owned him. He owns all four seasons. Something I wouldn't mind having eventually. Maybe someday. Someday, yeah. Someday. I wonder what that. Wonder what they're going for on iTunes. Yeah. 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 Maybe I'll pick him up. Um, well, um, Raul, uh, who is a great fringe uh, listener for uh, Fringe Casting with Wayne and Dan, but he, 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 he asked me on Twitter, and I wanted to comment on the two things here. I'm going to reverse them a little bit. He asked, how is the Star Trek rewatch going? Not the rewatch, the watch going. As you know, I'm in Deep Space Nine. I'm in season three, the beginning of it, which is supposed to be the season that kind of ramps up everything. I have not had time to watch it. Mm-hmm. So I have not been watching it. <laughs> I have uh, I've stalled there. I do need to get back into it, mm-hmm. but I haven't. So someday, maybe. Well, uh, as soon as you do, it'll suck you back in. I certainly hope so because yeah. I do love the series and mm-hmm. I've been enjoying it. So that's the answer to that, Raul. And he also asked this question. And I think I know the question for both of us. Did you catch Prometheus yet? Mm-hmm. Uh, the answer, no. Um, and it's not it – just, uh, it's just picking and choosing what movies to go see. Um, but I've heard nothing – but good things about Prometheus, though. Oh yeah, absolutely, and I do want to do want to hear that. Uh, I do want to see it as well, and so maybe I should put it on my Insta queue. I don't think it's there yet, but it's definitely one that should be there. Um, we did get some listener feedback on Prometheus and Battleship, and we're going to start off with just some audio feedback here. This is from Kalis, who you're going to be hearing in the um, Total Recall Rewind when I actually get that edited together. I did start it, just mm-hmm. didn't finish it. Um, but he wrote this. Hi, Scott. I'm attaching some comments on Prometheus and Battleship for the next conversation show. I know I missed the most recent one. I'm also working on the Sci-Fi 5 and 5 top five films I would like to hear in a rewind show. That would be a good five, Sci-Fi 5 and 5, wouldn't it? Right. But let's go ahead and hear. And thank you, by the way, for uh, joining us on that rewind. We had a great time, didn't we? Yeah, he, yeah it was great having uh, Kalis uh, talk uh, Total Recall with us. And he, he knew his stuff. He did his research. Oh, yeah. It was, it was yeah. certainly great to have him. Have him on. But anyways, he said he wrote in and he wants to give us his Prometheus and Battleship review. And thank you, Kalos, in advance for uh, sharing this. So let's go ahead and play what he had to say. I received a nice Father's Day gift from my son when he picked me up and took me to the theater to see Prometheus. This film is touted as a prequel to Alien, which was also directed by Ridley Scott. So how can you go wrong? Well, my son didn't enjoy the film as much as I did because he's not familiar with the original Alien film as I am. He said that he was confused and missed the point, which leads me to believe that one probably at least should read a synopsis of Alien before seeing Prometheus. I did, on the other hand, both enjoy and understand this film, which answers a few questions that might arise in Alien 
but it also raises a few more questions that are hopefully answered in a sequel to the prequel to the, um, I don't think I want to go there. At any rate, if one keeps in mind what the original meaning of the name Prometheus is, one can get at least a part of what the story is about. Those of us that are students of Greek mythology know that Prometheus was a titan, pre the gods of the pantheon, who created mankind out of the clay of the earth. The characters of the film are seeking the origins of mankind based on the discovery of a star map found in a cave. They kind of miss the mark when they further learn that the humanoids that are being credited with the creating the human race are subsequently bent on destroying the human race with biological weapons. So what questions are answered in this film? First of all, what was the purpose of the ship discovered by the crew of the Nostromo? How and why did the relentless aliens that caused the demise of the Nostromo crew and so haunted Ripley for the rest of her life come to be? You'll have to see the film. And the questions that Prometheus leaves us with. Who are and where do the very Greek-looking aliens that are credited with the rise of mankind come from, and what is their reason for wanting to now destroy their creation? Perhaps the answers lie in Greek mythology. The Titans, represented by the large humanoid aliens in Prometheus, were overthrown in Greek mythology by the Olympian pantheon. Do the humanoid Titan-like progenitors perceive the technological advancement of the humans on Earth as a threat, thus prompting them to make a preemptive strike on the Earth before they themselves are overthrown by mankind? Who's to say? It would seem that Ridley Scott has opened up a whole new area of modern mythology to explore in subsequent movies. If there is a downside to this film, I would have to say that it was very disappointing that there wasn't more character development in the film. In Alien, I had feelings for the characters and felt that I knew them. In Prometheus, I didn't feel as invested in the well-being of the characters and didn't really know them. Even the sole survivor, Elizabeth Shaw, didn't really have a great deal of depth. It is a good story that is more action-driven than character-driven with good special effects, but perhaps it was just a bit too action-driven, and more attention should have been paid to the character development. However, I still recommend seeing Prometheus. I'm going to stop it there. He, he's going to talk about Battlestar Galactica, uh, Battlestar Galactica, Battleship in just a little bit here. Mm-hmm. But I thought he's talking about Prometheus here. And, you know, his big complaint is that maybe not enough attention to character development, but highly recommending it, doing a great job paralleling it to the Greek mythology and the Greek mythos. Yeah, he's just adding more um – recommendations to see in this movie. He's basically saying, Miles and Scott, what the heck are you do sitting here talking about my review? Why aren't you in the theater seeing the sucker? <laughs> that's 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 basically what he's saying. That's, that, that's right. what he's saying. Because this this is something that the more I hear about it, the more I hear in the beauty of it, the action of it, and the story of it, it makes me want to see this movie. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, and and Miles, to be honest, if that doesn't if that doesn't work 
J.P. Harvey wrote in about Prometheus too, and I think we're going to read this before we get and actually listen to this battleship review. Our listeners are ganging up on us. They are. They are ganging up to us, and we do not stand a chance. I'm just telling you. Okay. All right. Um, why don't I'll read a little bit of this, and then I'll let you read. Why don't we bounce back and forth here? All right. So Prometheus, this is from J.P. Harvey. So thanks, J.P., for writing in and giving us your thoughts on Prometheus as well. And um, yeah, mm-hmm. here's what he says. Gents, Steph and I, Steph's his wife, by the way, lovely wife. Follow her on Twitter if you want. Uh, Steph and I saw Prometheus last weekend, and I wanted to pass our thoughts to you. Generally speaking, the movie was everything I hoped it would be. Not more, not less. And that made me a very happy viewer. I should also say up front that 3D adds nothing to the story itself, but we saw it in 3D on the IMAX screen due to the recommendations of several friends. Guys, I'm not a fan of the recent push to make more 3D movies, but this one was worth it visually. Wow. Nothing about the experience was gimmicky, like the excessive little bits of pollen always floating around an avatar. Very cool for the sake of the effect, but still a bit of a gimmick. There's nothing like that in Prometheus. The locations, especially outdoors, were truly stunning. Now on to the movie itself. Warning, some of this is a little bit spoilery. We're okay with that, Miles, right? Yes. Go ahead, Miles. So the original movie took place on LV-426, where the crew of the Nostromo responds to a distress call. Prometheus takes place on LV-223. You'll remember that in the original we see a crashed, donut-shaped ship, and one of the engineers, still what we, we now know, what, what was flight gear, sitting in a chair. It was an unexplained, matter-of-fact alien, and they moved on. In Prometheus, we learn more about these ships and the engineers. Once on LV-223, the scientists find a large chamber full of containers and a large human-looking head. The containers initially reminded me of a sleek versions of alien eggs in the original movies. Then more like weapons, warheads, when we see hundreds of them mounted in what looked like a walls de- designated or designed to be uh, storage racks in a ladder scene. Pretty sinister in terms of what it's implied for the broader story. This one was uh, of the scariest uh, scenes in the movie for me. Uh, Vickers, uh, played by our Charlize uh, Theron, might be an android. I don't know for sure, but I think she, she might have been. We do know that uh, uh, David, played by Michael uh, Fassbender, is. And his secret agenda is reminiscent of androids, Ash's secret agenda in the original movie. Interestingly, if, if Vickers is actually an android and not human, she is much closer to Ash as a character than David is. David never hid the fact that he was an android from the crew. Ash did. As for Vickers, she, she was crushed, so we'll never know. Or was she? Several of the crew were simply idiots, the geologists and biologists. These guys were scientists picked for this mission. They acted more like unschooled dolts by any standard and not educated men of science. Was it shock or stress? Maybe. But it still seemed almost unbelievable given the genius of Ridley Scott's gift of storytelling. He chose a script. I have to believe they were simply props in order to tell a larger story, and they never figured out how to cleanly represent these characters. This was one of the very few things that disappointed me about the storytelling. The storm maps and Earth. They start out this adventure, and the characters uh, thought they were intended to point us to our makers, to reunite us, and zealously wanting to go find them, assuming we, humans, would be warmly received. What was overlooked was the many thousands of years of silence. 
All of the star maps were ancient. None were recent. Perhaps they were left for us to discover and to fly to our makers. At that point, the makers, the engineers, would know that we had reached an appropriate point in our development of species so they could move on to the next step of their design plans. What did David say? Something like, Sometimes, in order to create, you have to destroy. In the beginning of the movie, the engineer drinks the black oil and apparently humanity results. What would have been next? We know that the black oil turned at least one human character into a super strong berserk man, but we didn't get to see what came of that before they killed him. That said, it appears that the black oil may have been a weapon intended to destroy us. The movie suggests as much and suggests that the engineers were going to use it against us, but something happened that exposed them to the weapon. This resulted in the piles of bodies and the one engineer who appears to have escaped the madness by sealing himself off in a cryo chamber room and going into cryo sleep. Once awakened, he purposely and apparently desperately attempts to kill the humans present and go back to what now appears to have been his team's primary purpose, to get off LV-223 and get to Earth to destroy humanity. He clearly felt he had to move fast, probably to ensure that he escaped before he was infected like the others in the facility. We still don't know why they want to destroy us. Were we an experiment they didn't produce the desired results, or were we one step along the way towards something yet different? At the end, we see the prototypical alien, the genesis of the terrifying species, were introduced to in the first movie. Clearly, engineers, clearly the engineer who fell victim to the giant facehugger in Prometheus wasn't a willing participant. Was this the continuation of the accidental exposure to a weapon I mentioned earlier? Or were the engineers also pawns and victims and yet in someone else's uh, larger scheme? Remember... Uh, Rapaces an answer to the question about whether or not she would abandon her faith now that she knew that the engineer were our makers. She said, who made the engineers? It appears there is yet someone or something else moving the pieces around the board. The engineers may appear to have made us, but there must be something even bigger and perhaps scarier. The sequel will tell us more. I'm going to see Prometheus again at least once to, to pay closer attention to some of the details. Oh, very good. So he obviously likes it enough to go see it again, right? He does, and uh, from what I understand from other people, you almost have to to get it. <sighs> Here so. you go. I have to go see this movie now, don't I? Yeah, it's, I'm really feeling my arm twisted. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know if I'll see it in theaters yet, but it's definitely going to make my cue, and I'm probably going to kick myself for not seeing it. I'll definitely see it when it comes out on rental, um, and maybe I can sit and, sit and you know, come from my own home and... Maybe watch it a couple times. Again. I hear it's a movie that makes you think. That's what I've heard too. And um, and I do like movies that make us think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that, that's what that's what this movie's supposed to do. Thank you, JP. Thank you, Kalis, for sending that in. And um, yeah, let us know if you saw Prometheus too, you listeners out there. Let us know your thoughts of Prometheus as well. And mm-hmm. we have not yet seen it, but we uh, will hopefully get our acting gear and do that. Well, we have a little bit more coming in from Kalis here. He talks about he saw Battleship. Let's think. Let's 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 make a prediction. Yes. What do you think Kalis thought of Battleship? He was fans of Prometheus. Mm-hmm. How do you think he felt of Battleship? I, I could be wrong here, but I'm going to guess that Battleship probably didn't wow him as much uh, as uh, Prometheus did, and that battle. You know, maybe Battleship maybe had some entertainment value. It wasn't really all that deep. That would be my guess. That would be my guess as well. Let's go ahead and find out what he had to say. I also had a chance to 
see Battleship, and after seeing the previews, I thought it would be a pretty good sci-fi film. But I have come to the conclusion that it is more of an action-adventure film with a few sci-fi elements thrown in to make the story work. It was impossible for me to suspend my disbelief in Battleship for several reasons, but the main one was that the final battle was fought using the USS Missouri, a World War II battle wagon that was restored into a floating museum, fully functional and fully loaded and manned by retired veterans and a few officers from the U.S. and Japanese navies. Jeez. (laughs) The sci-fi in this film is more of a means to an end than it is part of the plot of the story. The SETI program beams a signal into, into space to a planet that may have life on it to respond. And it does, and the aliens do indeed respond. They travel to Earth, cordon off a large section of the Pacific Ocean, thus setting up the game board for this very large-scale game of battleship. And that's about it. No reasons why the aliens attacked, or why they chose a remote part of the mid-Pacific for the invasion, as opposed to a large landmass with millions of people. So what about the similarities to the game? Well, the Navy used radar to find the enemy that was laid out in a grid similar to the game, and if you decide to see Battleship, take note of the shape of the alien's projectiles and how they land on the ship before it's destroyed. If you are a hardcore sci-fi fan, this is not a movie for you. However, if you have absolutely nothing better to do, and perhaps the air conditioning is down in your home, This might be a diversion for a while. Now, if I may, I would like to put in a plug for the Sci-Fi Diner forums. They haven't been very active lately, and that's kind of a shame. Well, there it is. I remain Kalis. Kapla. All right. Um, So what do you think? Well, he didn't totally trash the movie. Well, you know, if you do, if you're, I mean, it is hot out there, Miles. Oh, my gosh, yes. So, uh, you know, if you do need something to kind of entertain you, mm-hmm. uh, okay, we use entertain the most loosely loose fashion here. Mm-hmm. The question I have for Kalis is, do they say at any point in the, in the movie, you sunk my battleship? That's what I want to know. I... I- yeah, I wonder. I wonder about that. And he, he said something about the, you know, look at the projectiles that the aliens are, are launching, and you know, see if, well, how they look like in the game. So um, uh, he wasn't very. Yeah, Prometheus got much higher rating. Huh? Right. I mean, like I said, he didn't totally trash the movie. Um, I think he was very diplomatic in his. Uh, um, That's careless for you, though. He's he's a, he's a diplomat when it comes to speaking yeah, stuff like so. that. So. But if, if you know if your air conditioner's not working in your house, um, you know, go see Battleship. Nothing else cool. better to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go see Battleship. Go see Battleship. Well, thank you, Kellis, for sending that in and letting us know. And the forums, yeah, I do got to get more active on the forums myself. So mm-hmm. it's not just, but um, and I know that some people may have joined. I need to figure out a better way to weed out the spam. That's, we, we've been getting hit by spam. We, we've gotten yeah. hit some by spam, and, and Kalos, you were gracious enough to let me know when that happens, and please let me know again. Um, and some of you I know i got to approve. Um, if you want to be on the forums and you aren't getting a response back to me, drop me an email at sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com, and that way I will know that you are – like let me know what you registered as, mm-hmm. and I'll be sure to get you on the forums. Um, but I'm not going to – but I'm getting a lot of spam. 
Yeah. And I don't and sometimes it's difficult to know when I approve it if these are spammers or not. Yeah. So I just gotta figure out a better way to do that. I gotta talk to Kevin Batchelder. He would know something about it. They run a pretty good forum site there, so yeah, yeah he would know. Maybe I uh, I got to figure out something. But uh, Kalos is right. Join the forums. It's another way to get interact with uh, what's going on, and I got to do a little bit better at that as well. Okay. So I'm going to be honest, and this is my confession. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm in my confessional here. Okay. But um, Lee wrote in uh, again, and he had a comment here. And um, Miles, he says he's with you. This mm-hmm. is regarding our interview episode one one thirty six, and um, I think it's regarding the Worf Star Trek movie you talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, I'm with Miles on his picks on, on our starships to live on. Hell on Wheels is, is good, guys, if you like a, a good old model western. So, yes, uh, Nimoy need, needs to come back with a, a final touch to Fringe. And, and Worf, a Star Trek movie, Miles, I'm in, you and I are in heaven. I don't care if it comes out just on DVD. I would definitely watch it. Yeah, definitely. And by the way, this is a response to the legend of the uh – Space Lord Mofo that we released that oh, episode. Okay. I think it mentions that because mm-hmm. um, they mentioned Hell on Wheels. I think we were talking about you know what is Hell on Wheels, mm-hmm. um, and so he's talking about that regarding Legends of Space Lord Mofo. Hearn had this to say: He said the only problem with digital comics is that they have no value. Once you read them, they're worthless. Same as ebooks. Now he's talking about in the traditional way that we go about collecting comics, right? A paper comic or a oh I don't know a paperback book or a hardbound book like I have sitting on my shelf here right um, that you can't resell them there's no collectible so I, yeah I guess the real the question you must ask yourself are you a collector are are you a reader that, do you enjoy yeah. the world or not and that's really the question we must ask ourselves mm-hmm. and so what they're creating just nothing there's no print. Right, and um, if I think about for myself, I'm probably more of a reader than a collector. Um, I don't necessarily need to hold on to books or old comic books or try to sell them. It's just you know, it's but but that's something that's the consequence of of, of things going electronic is um, th- there's nothing to collect. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, uh, Lee, again, who you've heard a couple times in this uh, rewind, uh, rewind, this conversation, says, Good interview, Scott. I checked out their website. This is for the Legend of Space Lord Mofo. Before I listened to the podcast, and it's quite good. I bookmarked it. Thanks. By the way, I'm now in Season 1, Episode 8 of Falling Skies. It's been good so far, but I think that some of the decisions made by some of the curators were nothing but wrong, and I blame the writers for that, but I'm enjoying it. Thanks. Hmm. So he's enjoying the first season of Falling Skies. Good, basically. good. So I wonder what decisions he doesn't agree with. I forget. It's been a while since I've seen the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, So, Lee, if you can let us know what some of those decisions are, we'll chat about them. Mm-hmm. But, but, yeah, so Legend Space Lord Mofo, a lot of love for that episode. They, they do some good work. There, mm-hmm. So, um, Regarding the next Sci-Fi Rewind, um, this came from JP, who you heard a review on. We are doing Logan's Run, probably August 7th, it looks like, is our interview right after Short Leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said um, – uh, and he said this. I'm glad you're Balticon. was a good experience for you and Miles. We have so many good friends there I hated missing this year, as you discovered. We have a few rogue friends there too. I think he's talking about um, – uh, who's the guy that – 
brutalized Muppets. Um, I don't Paul, Paul E. Cooley, yeah. As for Vegas, anytime you're out here, guest room's open and it's yours. It's an invitation. We don't even have room in board miles. What excuse do we have? Um, Flight out there, time off, another it, con. Yeah. Um, Skipping short leave one year. I don't know. JP, Some eventually we'll, Scott and I will be able to take you up on your author. We will. Um, we will. And just so you know, we, uh, it's very gracious of you to uh, – to, to extend that to us. Yeah. Well, Falling Skies, we have we, we made it 30 minutes into the show and we've not talked about Falling Skies. Right. Um, do should we hear, let's hear from Jen from New York first sure. what she has to say about it, but let's talk about what our opinions are of the current season so far. Mm-hmm. Cuz I'm enjoying this and even this last week's episode was kind of an interesting episode, a little bit of departure. Mm-hmm. It's it was almost a one-off story that nothing really advanced. It didn't right. But you got to see some character development, especially in uh, who's the main guy that's heading up second mass. Oh, I got to, I got uh, to start getting these people's names. Yeah, uh, I don't. But they get ahead. But the leader of resistance. Yeah. yeah, and his daughter comes back. They and find, he finds his find daughter this, alive. They, yeah. yeah, and so it was an interesting story. Yeah, we had some good character development. We got to see um, Ryan Robbins' character um, a little bit more. So maybe he'll become more integral into the um, the series. Yeah, um, you know, we got to see some some good action when they raided that um, that uh, harness. Uh, oh man, was that factory eerie or what? I mean, <laughs> yeah, just th- th- those 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 little kids just strapped to that table, and when the harnesses come sliding down the chute. Yeah, and it's like inevitable, and you're like, uh, uh, uh. Well, and you, you want, you know, um, the middle son's character, uh, Ben, I think his name is. Uh, yep. We interviewed him. Um, the lights the, on his well, back. Is that what you're going to talk about? Well, well, that, but also just, he's just very impulsive. Um, he he sh- he shoots out that tank, and and those harness creatures come out, and one of them bites the. Um, Resistance leader on the leg, and you know. I thought that they might actually push that further, like maybe in a future episode that maybe that bite is more than just a bite, but somehow it's inserted something into his leg. That could be. I could see maybe. Yeah, it's certainly it's certainly a certainly a plot device. It certainly could do something with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but Ben's older brother sees the spikes light up on his back, and yeah, he doesn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well. We're gonna to have to. I mean, I, I mean, is is Ben a liability right now? He he's a, he's a tremendous asset to the resistance. But yeah. but you know that he's kind of a loose cannon. Though. That's the problem. He 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 is a bit of a loose cannon. It, it could be argued and debated whether that one kid that that had died last episode, you know, is he responsible? You know, partially responsible. I don't for think that. he is. Well, they they were. I, I don't think, if I remember correctly, they you know. These guys are like hunting the skitters, and they, they they weren't supposed to be hunting the skitters. So yeah, yeah I, mean, I guess in that way, I guess the question is whether this is Ben's idea or the other guy's idea, or both of them were in on it. Did, did Ben put him, did this kid in danger? I mean, uh, so he, he's he's like like you said, he's a lo- he's a loose can this series. So it'd be inter- you know, and I'm enjoying it. I'll be, be be glad to see what else, what other crazy directions they're going to take. Um, oh yeah, looks like the chemistry between. Um, and I gotta get these names. Down. Ben's <laughs> the older, professor. The professor. No, the the, the oldest brother. Um, and that one girl looks like the chemistry between the two. I was thinking of the professor and the doctor. Well, the professor and the doctor. Obviously, there there's some chemistry there. Well, n- 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 d- 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 yeah, there's definitely chemistry there now. Um, yeah. If you had any doubts, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, but no, I'm 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 loving Fallen Skies, uh, liking what I'm seeing so far this season. Yeah. Well, here's what Jen from New York has to say. Hey guys, I hope I'm not too late in writing in. I wanted to write in my thoughts on the latest Falling Skies episode, and this might be one back. I'm not sure. I think this show is vastly becoming one of my favorite new sci-fi shows. I can't believe they killed off Jimmy. I liked the kid. He was smart. I liked his pairing with Ben when they were going off scouting for skitters. And he would have had more time with the captain there. I know he's probably thought of him as a son. That's right. He was kind of the captain's son. Yeah. And then poor Ben. It got to be scary to think that the skitters <coughs> still have that kind of control over you. Who knows the thoughts he could have put into his mind or whatever they could be doing to him then. And also, I don't know if you also didn't notice that one of the actors in Pope's Berserkers group is an actor who played Henry on the show Sanctuary, Ryan Robbins. Yeah, we of course do that. Yep. Uh, this guy seems to get around a lot in shows. Also true. And I also wanted to bring up the fact that, guess, I do like a lot of crossover stories. Uh, oh, because we were talking about the crossover like Doctor Who and Star Trek. Right. Right. right, right. So mm-hmm. that's what she's referring to here. Uh, especially a lot of fan fiction. One in particular I've seen a lot of, mostly in YouTube videos of Supernatural and Doctor Who Sherlock. I've seen I've seen them with in Merlin too. They're called Super Hulock. Uh, LOL. Heck, I've even tried to write my own fiction story of supernatural crossover with Xena Warrior Princess, if you can imagine that one. I even um even one with Stargate SG one and Hercules and Xena. I mean that's one of those things I absolutely love about sci fi fantasy shows. You can pretty much get away with anything. Anyways, I guess that's a wraps for now. Jen from New York. And he he's right that Jimmy being killed off was a surprise, right? Because he you know he was seen in the um, you know last season, and it just goes to show that no character sacred. I don't I don't think so. I mean, yeah, but I tell you what, you probably can't get away with killing off the professor's family. You can't. Yeah, no. Wiley and his and his boys will be around. The captain will probably still be around. No, that's right. No, that's the same. Um, but um, but some of these you know supporting characters. That maybe have been around a while, uh, you know, they could be off at any time. Yeah. Well, um, we had some commentary coming on the Star Trek Generation on Blu-ray. We talked about this, I believe, in one of our listener feedback shows, maybe even the last one. Mm-hmm. And Lee had this to say about that comment, and he makes a good point. He says this. Do you want to read it? Uh, hi, guys. Another great show. For, uh, my only comment is about Star Trek and playing – and going to Blu-ray. Yes, it does seem to take more money from the fans. I will not be buying this, and I did the same for Star Wars. In fact, I only completed my DVD collection of Star Trek not that long ago, TNG DS9 Voyager Enterprise. I would get one season for Christmas, one on my birthday, and then one on, my, on Father's Day. Even getting three seasons per year still took a very long time to collect. I know that there are some out there who could do just drop $600 or $700 and have it all at once. That will not happen here, not in my lifetime anyway. I'm happy that uh, I have it all, and I, and, I should let, and I should I should last for many more years to come. Now I'm only most getting caught up with you guys. Got one more to listen to. Peace and long life. Yeah, I mean, if you own all the seasons on DVD, mm-hmm. all all the Star Trek seasons that he's mentioning, right? Is it worth it to go get the Blu-ray? Yeah, that I don't have. I mean, I would love to see them. I I, I know that. You know that they look good on Blu-ray. Um, I mean, they're redoing some of the effects, right. but the stories themselves aren't really changing. Right, they're not changing, and and I'm thinking eventually, uh, I, I've scaled back a lot on how, what, on, on how many DVDs I buy. 
um, with 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 Netflix and Amazon. You know, you, you could we could stream these. Eventually, they'll be available. You could see them, you know, on streaming. So, in high definition, you think we're going to have the infrastructure to see them in HD that way? Oh yeah. Uh, Twenty years down the road, he's he's out mm-hmm. in the back. He, he's out in some pretty remote areas here. I was going to mm-hmm. say the backwoods. I don't know if it's backwoods, mm-hmm. but he's in some pretty remote areas. It's going to be difficult for him to, to stream these suckers. Well, I mean, and, and it depends on how patient you you, you could be, um, and if you have, I mean, it, the money to pay for one season is over a hundred bucks, I believe, right now. It's, for, it's astronomical, and that's how much the DVDs of Next Gen were when they first came out. Yeah. See. I bought – the latest thing in Blu-ray I bought was a Star Wars and Lord of the Rings collection. I think I mentioned this before. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am not paying to watch Star Trek and Blu-ray mm-hmm. or Stargate or any of the other TV episodes. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed them. They were great stories. Uh, but I probably – I don't have – number one, I, there's so much good sci-fi out there to watch. I probably won't go back and rewatch them unless it's a particular episode or so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, that's up to the fan if if they, if they can shell out the hundred or so bucks for for a season. And um, like I said before, is the powers that be guilty of double dipping? Um, Absolutely. Ab- guilty as charged. Uh, and our <laughs> and our fans going to pay for it. Some of them will. Absolutely. And so, they're going to make money on this, so, whether we agree with it or not. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Larry. Uh, wrote wrote in Twitter. He said, "Love the whole show." He's talking about our sci-fi rewinds. Love the whole show, but the rewind is the best listen on Instacast. And episode seventeen was the last last one. I wanted to hear Logan's run in Total Recall. Were these casts never posted? And how can I get them again? Love the show and keep up the great work you do. Well, thank you, Larry. And um, and so you want to comment on that? Um, well. Scott is still working on uh, editing the Total Recall uh, episode we did, and hopefully we'll have that out to you soon. Uh, but Logan's run, we'll probably we'll be recording that uh, no, in August. In so August. We're, a bit, we're a bit behind from where we, we're a mm. bit – we're off about a month mm. here. So mm. uh, patient, uh, Larry, and for those of you that do like the rewinds, we love doing them. They sure. take a little bit more time to edit because I put in sound clips and stuff mm. like that. And uh, I've been crazy busy. And it, I, I, you know, I'm hoping to get – I don't know what works, say, but I'll, I'll get it to you. And, um, and, uh, yeah. So I did respond to him on mm-hmm. Twitter. And, uh, so a shout out to you, Larry. Thanks for listening to the show and oh, for yeah. listening to the rewinds. And we will get more rewinds to you. On last note, there's a last thing on our, our on the, on the sci fi uh, conversations here. Raul was dialoguing with Wayne Henderson. Now, Raul has done some fringe stuff with Wayne Henderson. Wayne Henderson, of course, does a fringe casting with Wayne and Dan podcast. Mm-hmm. And they brought us into the conversation. He says, You know, uh, I'm four episodes into season two of Dollhouse. And Raul says to Wayne, because Wayne watched the first two episodes of Dollhouse and gave up, and said, you really need to give it an out of the go. It took me a second try too. Mm-hmm. So your word of advice to Wayne Henderson. Wayne, I think if you give it another chance, you won't be disappointed. Um, the writing in this show is, is great. Um, it was a slow go. It, I remember yeah. the first couple episodes us dialoguing, is this something we're really going to continue watching? Sure. But if you just if, if you give it a chance, it'll start. everything will start to make sense and it will have a flow to it. 
So I um, think especially second season really takes off. Mm-hmm. Um, these are not long seasons. They were only 13-episode seasons, right? You're right. They were short seasons. So, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's easy to blow through 26 episodes. Mm-hmm. And they are instantly streaming on Netflix. Oh, okay. Very good. So you don't even have to buy them or mm-hmm. rent them. You need to stream them. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you want to watch another Joss Whedon production, I mean, this is the only thing you're going to get for a while. I think they're on uh, Amazon Prime. So as well, yeah, I would, so I would assume that too. Yeah, yep. Well, I believe that's about it, Miles. So thank you, everyone that contributed to our listener feedback show here, Sci-Fi mm-hmm. Diner Conversations. If you have any thoughts about anything that you want to share with us about what you're watching and movie-wise, what you thought of Spider-Man Four, and uh, what you uh, thought of Prometheus. It's not only Spider-Man 4, is it? It's The Amazing Spider-Man. This is a whole new Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. what you thought of The Amazing Spider-Man, what you thought of Prometheus, our battleship, or any Fallen Skies, Mm -hmm. um, anything that we said, any of our interviews, let us know and we'll gladly share it on the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. We love you guys. You guys rock. We would be nothing without you. That's absolutely true. So thank you so much. I believe that's about it, Miles. All right. Well, till next time, good night and good luck. We will see you. (laughs) 